Hey, what's up? It's Frick. Um, I'm just driving away from Essex Junction, Vermont, which is the last town that we played. We were there for a few days. It was really the first town of to the tour after leaving the headquarters, finishing creation. And um, it didn't really start on a positive note. I mean, for me, honestly, I spent a lot of time the first day we were there kind of thinking about... I was sort of making a case for leaving the tour in my mind. I, I have felt that my contribution here is just not that meaningful to me or anyone else. So that's me after just one stop on the tour. I mean, obviously I didn't leave, but I did think about it a lot those very first few days. The thing is that I was hardly playing music in the show at all, and um, that's because the composer didn't really finish all the work of writing all the music for me to play. And at that point, the show was running mostly on recorded tracks while the musicians just sat there up on the bandstand just pretending to play. And I just felt pretty awful about that. I'd never really had to do that, not that much. And I would have liked to at the time. I would have liked to talk to someone about it, kind of like to kind of, I mean, I guess for some kind of professional relief or personal relief from the sort of like humiliation of it. Um, I mean, I just really didn't think there's anyone who would understand at that time. Um, I mean, I felt pretty alone and, and I hadn't made any really meaningful friendships yet with anyone. A couple of people did tell me that they really liked the music and I think that they meant it. I think they were reaching out to me because they could see that I was miserable, but it, it only made me feel worse because they didn't know that during every show I was up there over their heads in the bandstand just reading a book while these tracks were being played in place of real musicians. good person to be able to adjust and handle it and like adjust my attitude to make it work and I am truly trying to keep a positive attitude and keep positive relationships with everyone else I'm dealing with but there have been challenges with that I don't know it definitely pushes the boundaries of what I think is okay what I can deal with what I want to do long term there's difficulties with it it's going to be a long two months it was a really depressing, bottled-up feeling for at least a number of days. Sort of like the walls are caving in. And I spent a few mornings waking up early and walking around the circus lot alone and thinking about jumping the show. And actually, as it turned out, I wasn't the only person thinking about it. This is me, just a couple of days later. Hey, what's up? It's Frick. Current status, I'm in... Saratoga, New York. I'm actually in my car in a parking lot of a casino. We're playing here for two days in the lot next to the casino. When I got up this morning, I saw somebody, I don't even know her name, and she hasn't been here working in the circus for long. She's been here for a few days. Um, she was out in the lot at one of these little picnic tables that we have 
packing her suitcase, and the first thing I thought was, oh, she's repacking her suitcase, like, she's organizing her stuff. We don't have a lot of space for our stuff here, and, you know, you, you have to keep yourself organized. And then it occurred to me, um, with the kind of amount of time she was taking to pack and, and some uh, other things, I, it occurred to me, oh, she's packing to leave the show. And she just got here. And this will be our second uh, person who's jumping the show in this tour. It doesn't work out for everybody. And um, it's always a little disturbing because we have this tight-knit little group here roaming around New England together. We don't have any days off. We're always together. When someone comes or goes, it's it's... You know, it's a big change for everybody in a way. Takes some getting used to. And it's weird, you know, to see someone leaving because you figure, well, they're unhappy. It didn't work out for them, especially just after a few days. It's not what they thought it would be. It's really easy in your first few days on a show to think that there's no way it's going to work out. Takes a lot of adjusting coming in. I mean, I'm still going through that. I'm still going through that. Um, like three weeks into this gig. And um, four tours with this same circus. I'm still going through that. And actually, uh, almost 30 years working in circus. I'm still going through that. So... I look at someone packing up out there and I think, well, I understand it. I was up early, like I always am, and always the first person up on the lot, and uh, I slipped on my flip-flops, and I had a little walk outside my trailer. Let me try to describe to you what uh, the lot looks like when we get out on the tour. It's always set up like in a field near a town, little town, little New England town, kind of like a grassy field on a farm. Um, this particular day, we're in Kennebunkport, Maine, which is near the ocean, and you can smell it, and the air has that feeling that you know you're near the ocean. Next field over from ours, there's two horses grazing. And of course, like if you approach this, uh, approach the lot from the road, you just, the first thing you see is the big top. You see this big blue tent. And you never really see our part of the lot. That's behind the big top, and it's pretty much out of sight. That area is kind of defined by where we put the trucks and the trailers and the wagons and the campers and so forth. It's it's sort of like uh, we outline it with trucks, make this sort of a fence around our our world. And somewhere near the center of all that is a clearing that resembles a courtyard. Like from a bird's eye view, that w- it would look like a donut hole in the middle of all these vehicles. 
And there's a bunch of bunker trailers that establish the perimeter of this clearing, this courtyard. And all the doors, everyone's individual door to their room faces into the courtyard. So on this morning, I come out of my door and I cross the courtyard and I, I went into another door, which leads to a little shower room. And there's a sink in there where I brush my teeth. And when I came out back into the courtyard, I noticed all of this stuff, mostly like people's personal items, you know, books and like hoodies and rain jackets and people's flashlights and water bottles uh, I think even musical instruments and stuff. Um, a lot of empty beer bottles. And there was some birds picking through stuff because some food had been left out also. It's all out in the open. It's like on a table. Like there's a little picnic table on the lawn chairs, on the grass. There are some communal kind of items, including um, a hobby horse, a painting of a lady, and a camel costume, which all serve as these totally absurd decorations that the show carries around somehow finds room to transport from town to town despite the fact that we have very little space for anything. Um, and there's also uh, something they call the Beer Collective, which involves a portable refrigerator and uh, a cash box and a handwritten receipt system. And so the tone with all this stuff out there, it's not like a grassy field on a farm. You sort of lose a sense of that even though it's out in the open air, it's it's more like a, like a community room or someone's living room with all this stuff out there. Now, the shoes. This is the thing that's like got my attention right now. Shoes and socks. People stayed up late here last night, and while I was falling asleep, they were drinking beer and singing songs. And later they kicked off their shoes, and then you know they finally went to sleep. And now, in the morning, there's shoes everywhere. Pairs, pairs of pairs, some loners, socks. Everyone's shoes and socks are out here on the grass. The whole circus, everyone. Last night, while everyone was drinking and singing, I sat on my steps, I slipped off my shoes, I banged the dust off them, and I just, I placed my shoes inside my room when I went to sleep. It's like there's a, some kind of a story from the shoes. Like sometimes a, a pair is neatly placed to one side of a door, with like with the socks folded and tucked inside. Uh, and then like sometimes it's the uh, the occasional loner shoe just lying on its side, no sign of its mate anywhere. Um, there were a couple of neatly arranged pairs of pairs sort of indicating who discreetly paired up with whom for the night. And I'm standing there, um, kind of surveying all of this, this collection of shoes out in the grass. I'm trying to think of good reasons why I don't leave my shoes outside, like good rational reasons. They, uh, you know, they could get wet. They could get lost or stolen. They might be in somebody's way.
You know, they might expose my private habits. They might tell my secrets. Looking at a collection of shoes here in a grassy field, everyone's shoes except for mine, it seems profound. My shoes have betrayed me. Thanks for listening to the Frickin' Circus Podcast. If you want to shoot me an email, it's frick at frickincircus.com. I'll see you down the road.